Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. Flying solo this week. My name's Neil, and as we like to, or at least as I like to, uh, when I can't get anyone else to show up for recording, I thought I'd give you another one of uh, my various top tens. Um, yes, I know it's kind of a pathetic way to fill space, but it's my show. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> today, I thought I would uh, talk a little bit about uh, my favorite video games. Uh, just go into things. This is sort of a top ten and sort of not. Let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, it's really hard for me to rank video games other than like my top five picks. Like Ten through six really could be pretty much in any freaking order here. Um, because the, given the nature of games, you know, they're just, you know, it, it's really kind of more what I'm, what do I feel like playing right now more than, oh man, I love this particular game, with the exception of about, like I said, the last five I'm going to be talking about. And really the number five is even kind of stretching it. So I think that's enough stalling for time, though. Um, as for what am I drinking tonight? Water. Um... Actually, after recording this, I'm going out with some friends, uh, and there will probably be drinking involved there, so I don't really want to pregame too much, because um, also I have to be able to drive. So yeah, anyhow, on to the list. Number 10. Uh, number 10 is going to probably be the most surprising game on my list, and that is... Dance Dance Revolution! Um, given the fact that many people who see me know that I'm massively overweight. Well, not massively overweight. I'm not morbidly obese. But I I weigh about 250 pounds. Um, and would not be described by many people as fit. Uh, that being said, one of my favorite games is an exercise game. I mean, yes, it's a rhythm game too, but it's an exercise game. There's no real bones about it. Um, I'm not too picky as to which version of DDR uh, we're talking about, although my personal favorite is Max 2 on the, on the PS2. Um, but they all are good. Really, I would love to some point maybe get like an old DDR machine that will let you just flash the memory in and put in, over, you know, put in whatever uh, games you want, or like songs you want. That would be awesome, but... I don't have that, so yeah. Um, proudest accomplishment in DDR was getting an A on Burning Heat on Heavy. Never been able to pass any of the uh, of the Max songs with or without a a, a you know a brace bar uh, behind me um, because I can't really. Those songs never were sounded all that good to me, so as a result, I never really learned the step charts. Even now, I can remember the step chart to Burning Heat for the most part, so... I'm just so out of shape, I probably can't do it anymore. But yeah, Dance Dance Revolution. Great game. Love it. Lots of fun. I will have more things to say as we get farther down the list, so if this feels like I'm running out of things to say already, I am. Number nine. Minecraft. 
I actually have a whole hell of a lot to say about Minecraft. I got into Minecraft during the uh, actual, like, alpha of the game, back when it only cost five bucks, uh, and have been playing it sporadically ever since. My thing is, I will get on a kick where I will play, like, nothing but Minecraft for about a month, and then get sick of the tedium of whatever project I was working on and quit. There's actually a private server that I play on um, that has a number of unfinished projects of mine. And a few that are finished. Like a big-ass big, big ass snowman. I love that. I love my snowman. Getting the snow for that was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Minecraft. I love the creativity that you get with Minecraft. You can do anything in that game. Uh, and I've got to move the microphone closer to myself because I'm not quite picking up as well as I'd like to. That's what I get for trying to be comfortable in my chair. Uh, <laughs> and I love... The, the weird thing is I love to build giant, ridiculous, crazy contraptions that, like, are stupid and... and you know, should never have been conceived by man. I hate creative mode, though. Creative mode is no fun to me. Uh, because, I mean, it at that point, I would rather just be playing with Legos. Which I can. So why would I be doing that on a computer? Yes, I can't run out of Legos, but part of the fun is having to dig through the giant chest of Legos that I've got to determine which one you know, to find the piece I'm looking for, which is, like I said, it's half the fun. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Minecraft. Really fun, even after Microsoft bought it. And it went super crazy, super commercial. I'm definitely a Minecraft hipster. I, oh, I was into Minecraft way before it was cool. Uh, thanks to uh, Thanks to Richard, primarily, for getting me into it, by the way. Thanks, Richard. Yeah. Number eight. Mega Man 3. Um, while I will very much to say that Mega Man 2 is the best of the uh, Mega Man games on the NES, Mega Man 3 holds a special place in my heart because it was the one that I remember playing first. Uh, we had an NES growing up. Um, my brother got an NES like a year after I was born. Uh, <laughs> or very soon after. It was We literally always had a, a, an NES in, our, in the house. Um, and one of my earliest memories of video games is... Um, my brother's playing Mega Man 3, which they had which we they had gotten as I want to say like a birthday present for one of my brothers. And they were playing Shadow Man's level. Um and I so badly wanted to play, but they would not let me because they thought that I was going to die and lose their guy. They were absolutely right, because when my parents forced me to forced them to let me have a turn, I died almost instantly. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
as time went on, I got to the point where I was very good with that at that game. Um, could beat it just with the Mega Buster, which is saying something because that was before four, where they introduced charging up your Mega Buster and made it so getting uh, the enemy weapons was actually really stupid important. With the exception of the final boss, who you have to kill with top spin, but you know, eh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I loved Mega Man three. Now, looking uh, back, the reason it's my favorite game is definitely Nostalgia Goggles, because Mega Man 2 is, is far and away the superior game. Um, <laughs> the weapon choices are cooler. Uh, Wily's Castle is, is harder by a far sight. Plus, Metal Blade is just about the best weapon ever. Um, yeah, but still... Even though Mega Man 2 is demonstrably superior, Mega Man 3 is still my favorite, at least of the Mega Man games. Number 7. League of Legends. Yeah, I play League of Legends. I have been since Season 2. I primarily play top lane, and... I main Garen, which is probably why I'm only ever, uh, at best, in high silver, low gold. Um, I used to play a lot more when I was in college. Now, I have a job and a life and cannot devote every waking minute to a video game like I once could. But still, I uh, do really love League of Legends. Um, it's really about the only actual multiplayer game that's on this list. Uh, I considered also giving this spot to Team Fortress 2 and Counter-Strike Source, because those are other games that I played a lot in college. <coughs> mm. Sorry about that. But eventually I had to give it up to... Man, I wish the screensaver would stop kicking in. I'm actually recording this directly on the uh, computer today. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I would, would have liked to give it up to either of those, but, no, um, League of Legends, because it's the one I'm still playing, I mean, I still, I'll fire up TF2 from time to time, but I don't play it nearly as often. So, yeah, League of Legends. So, those are the first six, the ones that aren't in any particular order. Now, let's get to the ones that are. Number five, Portal 2. I really, really like uh, the Portal games. And Portal 2 is that much better because of co-op mode and because of uh, propulsion gels and because of Cave Johnson here. Um, I love Cave Johnson. J.K. Simmons did just a fantastic job with uh, with Cave Johnson. I love Cave Johnson. He's the best. The best. Uh, so much so that I once made a character who was an absolute and complete ripoff of him for a Marvel superheroes game. I called him John Caveman. And he made exploding lemons. Like, that was his superpower. 
he could plant grow lemons, and then he could also like he would like gambit. He could charge them up and make them explode. It was great. <laughs> um, he was also mad as a hatter because we were playing uh, villains in a sort of Suicide Squad setup, and um, he was he. It turned out he was actually pretty much a Malkavian. Uh, because his superpower was, in fact, actually making his superpowers work. Like, he had a bunch of techno gear, too, that wouldn't work if he wasn't near it, believing in its ability to work. He also, you know, um, had his consciousness scattered across multiple parallel realities. As such, he was constantly perceiving things that may or may not have been true, uh, but sometimes also they would become true because he said they were. Which was fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Portal 2, man. Uh, it's like Portal, but amped up to 11. I love the Portal games because they make you think so laterally, so weirdly so interestingly and um just and, and and portal one was really more of a proof of concept yeah i mean it's it's good as a game but like i don't think it ever sold for 60 bucks it came included um with the orange box which the main reason the people bought the orange box was for Half-Life 2 Episode 2 and Team Fortress 2. But then also, here was this game called Portal with it. And then Portal 2 came out as like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting on this shit right away. Um, yeah, Portal 2. I'm not really good at these top tens, am I? I'm running out of things to say really quickly. I guess maybe it'll just be a shorter episode than usual. Number four. The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Link to the Past is so very easily my favorite Zelda game that it's not even funny. Um, everyone's like, oh man, Ocarina of Time, best game ever made. Ocarina of Time is great. Don't get me wrong, but Link to the Past did it better. Uh, the you know three, uh, three levels before shit gets serious, essentially, and then a bunch of levels where shit is serious. Uh, but the controls were like the, the the controls. I guess really can't say they were tighter or anything. But here's the big difference between Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time and why Link to the Past is absolutely the better game. Link to the Past doesn't have the water temple. Me, just repeat that there. For those of you who weren't listening yet or who weren't paying very close attention, Link to the Past doesn't have the water temple. Because ain't no one out there who says oh man yeah uh 
Water Temple, my favorite part of the game. No, everybody hates the Water Temple. Everybody hates the Water Temple. Because it sucks, because it's repetitive, and because it's easy to miss that one damn key. And if you miss that key, then you wander, wander around looking up and down, left, right, and sideways, trying to find out what the hell's going on. The only redeeming feature of the Water Temple is the fact that it's got the Shadow Link fight in the middle of it. That's really damn cool. Why couldn't Shadow Link have been the boss instead of that, instead of the stupid-ass amoeba thing that was, like, a crappy boss, too? Like, yeah, that amoeba thing, you, you pulled its eye out with the, with the long shot, which was easy to do, you dodged its attacks, which is easy to do, and you hit it, like, three times with a big Goron sword because you had it by then, because you know how to play the game. Link to the Past didn't have that. Also, Link to the Past has some fun little glitches in it that make the game... Like, they're, they're not glitches that break the game, they're glitches that let you break the game. Which is fun if you know how to take advantage of them. My favorite's being... The favorite, of course, being the Death Mountain Descent glitch. Where, uh, screw getting the Master Sword. Uh, out of the... Uh, out of the forest. Heck, you don't even need to get... The third amulet. Uh, <laughs> it's the best thing. Uh, if you if you are very careful, you could actually descend Death Mountain as Link, or even better, as a bunny, and then you can beat the entire Dark World before Zelda has even been banished to it. How do you do it? Well, you're still a bunny. You you might ask. Uh, if you go into any uh, if you go into Kakariko Village uh, and go into the dungeon, I want to say it's World Five or World Dungeon Six, uh, the one where there are those those little rotating star things that when they hit you, they temporarily turn you into a bunny. They still do their thing. They hit you. They temporarily turn you into a bunny. And then when the timing is off on that, you turn back into Adult Link, and you never turn back into a bunny. Uh, like at all. It's really kind of awesome kind of awesomely hilarious uh whatever they coded the game they didn't expect anyone to be to do that thing because you have to go out of bounds to do it but you know that's part of the fun of it uh <laughs> i remember uh i did a playthrough of link to the past recently where i didn't bother to get any of the amulets i went through enough of the Light world levels to get the treasures necessary to beat the game, and then didn't bother collecting the amulets or pulling out the master sword. Instead, I went to the dark world without the master sword, which is hard, but then you fight through enough to get the titan's mitt so you can then rec res rec uh, rescue the. Uh, the blacksmith, and they temper your sword past level 1 all the way to level 3, and you're good again. A uh, <laughs> lot of sequence breaking in that game uh, to, to play it wrong. Um, just if you do that, you can't then go back and fight Aghanim, because if you do, it really sequence breaks and screws up all the numbers, and um, you have to like go through and beat the entirety of Turtle Rock and have the door opened at the top of the of the pyramid 
before you go back and fight Aghanim in Hyrule Castle, otherwise the game breaks uh, and cannot be won. But, you know. Fun game. <laughs> Number three. Fallout 2. Anyone who's listened to our Fallout 2 episode already knows I, I love this game. I adore it. And I have played it to death. And yet I will still, uh, you know, it, it, it's never uninstalled on my, on my computer. It's installed right now with the most recent updated uh, version of the Fallout 2 Restoration Pack installed on it. Um, so if I ever feel like picking it up again, totally can. Um, and I feel like, you know, I, we spent an hour and a half talking about Fallout 2 really great uh something that we only barely touched on though in that episode the music is really uh i actually really really like the music uh for the most part except for the klamath music because it's a little bit too repetitive uh (laughs) because it helps to build the atmosphere so much um and and bounty hunters are still terrifying if you do a evil playthrough. Because you can have bounty hunters on your ass as soon as you leave freaking Klamath if you're not careful. If you just absolutely murder everybody and go out of your way to piss everyone off first, your karma can get down in the dump super fast. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the that, that, that's the... that's the charm of it, right? R- right? I don't hear you agreeing with me, but that's because I'm sitting in my room talking to a computer. Might be part of it. Okay, next. Number two and number one. The reason I'm lumping these two together is because I love both of these games so much that... If anyone were to, like, come up to me and put a gun to my head and say, What's your favorite video game? Um, I would say one of these games, but I'm not sure which one I would say at the time. Oh, man, my ankle keeps popping. That is weird. Um, So, number two, uh, at least right now, is Final Fantasy VI. Eventually, in our Final Fantasy retrospective, we will get to Final Fantasy VI. Um, we have to get through two through five first, and some of us haven't played two and three like I think any of us. So it could be a while. Uh, once we get to four, five, and six, I know Ben and I at least have played them. So could be another Ben and Neil episode. Uh, but yeah, Final Fantasy VI is my jam. I love that game. That's uh, it. Final Fantasy VI and the next game I'm about to mention are uh, in a very, very small group of games, um, which is pretty much Fallout 2, Final Fantasy VI, and the next one that I can think of off the top of my head that I have actually played to completion. When I say completion, I mean, like, Gerard the Completionist would uh, would say that I completed the game. Because I have killed everyone. I have gotten every possible ending. 
I have gotten everyone up to level 99. I have learned every magic on every person. I have done every side quest. I have visited every one of, of uh, Cyan, or not Cyan, sorry, Shadow's dreams. Uh, I have, you know, I've even made every wrong choice that results in, that results in an interesting game overstate, like forgetting the lyrics in the opera. And just for a moment, the opera scene is so amazing! And it's like the first game ever I'd thought of that has a, a scene where you're pretending to be in an opera. Or really pretending to be in... And, and like, there's music and you can actually tell what where the lyrics fall. And you could sing along. Oh, my hero, far away now. I can't... Uh, apparently I, I don't sound very good on, on microphone, but still. Um, and Kefka Palazzo is the best villain ever. All you Sephiroth fanboys telling me that Sephiroth is the best Final Fantasy villain of all time, you're wrong. It's Kefka. Also, Kefka has the best theme of any villain, too. Dancing Mad is better than One-Winged Angel. Yes, I said it. I'm going to get all the hate on the internet now. Because I said that Dancing Mad, which is way better than, than uh, One-Winged Angel, is better than One-Winged Angel. And I don't care. Because you know what? It's my opinion, and it's right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Now, my, my team is, when I play that game, is, is always pretty much the same. I really like Setzer and Mog, and uh, usually I will run uh, Sabin and Locke as the other two that are my primaries. Uh, after that, I do like Edgar and, uh, and Terra and Celis, but Mog really is, is where it's all at as far as I'm concerned. Mog's the best. And it's also like the first game where you can play as a Moogle. How fucking awesome is that? And also, you really need to have Mog. Otherwise, the world of Ruin just sucks. Because if you don't have the Moogle charm, you, uh, you get attacked every 30 seconds by a random encounter. At least until you get the high wind. Or no, not the high wind. Sorry, the the falcon. Although the high wind is it would be a good name for it too. Which which game was the high wind in? Let's ask the internet real quick. Listen to me type. The high wind. Um. Ba 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 ba. Um. It's Final Fantasy VII, wasn't it? <sighs> yeah, it was Final Fantasy VII. <sighs> That's a shame. It's a great name. I, it's be it's better than Falcon. I will give Final Fantasy that. The name for their airship is cooler. That's it. Uh, uh, that's it. Oh, man. Uh, I love... I love Final Fantasy VI. 
My fav- uh, favorite thing to do, by the way, is uh, is is going to uh, is climbing the Mage Tower with Umaro, the uh, the ape, and actually beating the uh, the the mini the not what what's he called the Mighty Meg. Uh, give me a second here. Yeah, you hear me type. Um, it's because I got a mechanical keyboard, and I love how it goes clack, 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 clack. Um, let's see. The boss is called... Where the heck is the boss called? Very bothersome for me to not be able to think about to not think that up. Um, oh, it's just Magic Master. That that's irritating. What a stupid name, Magic Master. Also, um, don't pick up the uh, the app version. They fucked up the sprites. The art just looks bad. Go for the old old school NES uh, or SNES version, if I can speak. Huh, yeah, but still. Gem box, the soul of the bossa. But yeah, um. Whoo, man, Final Fantasy VI. So yeah, that that that's that's me talking for a while, right? Now, for number one, um, because I buried the lead a little bit, number one is Chrono Trigger. Yes, another SNES JRPG that I have also played to completion, which is way harder because there are a lot of endings in Chrono Trigger. Depending on how you count them, there's like, 14 or 16, I want to say. Not to mention non-standard game overs when you lose the game on purpose uh, during specific crucial boss battles. (laughs) Freaking Chrono Trigger, man. Uh, Our Final Fantasy Retrospective will probably include an episode on Chrono Trigger just because it's Chrono Trigger. Um... Made by the same people, uh, made by the same company, made by Team Dream with Akira Friggin Toriyama as the character designer. Yes, please. Um, bit of hair on the microphone. There we go. Um, it's freaking amazing. And uh, fun little tidbit. Um, Ayla, or Alia, however the heck you're supposed to pronounce her, la- her name, is, uh, is, it's pretty heavily implied that she's actually pregnant, like, during the entirety of the game. So, like, uh, <laughs> so not only is she badass, but she's a pregnant badass, which, you know, is apparently a trope. Uh, 
Yeah, just your Chrono Trigger is. It, there are so many games that there's so, so there's there's this question that goes around the internet from time to time and said if you could completely forget about a single game so you could play it fresh for the first time again my answer is always going to be Chrono Trigger I love Final Fantasy 6 but Final Fantasy 6 uh, didn't have nearly so much of the feeling of discovery that the game that Chrono Trigger had. You were traveling through time, and you didn't even know who the bad guy was for the first like half of the game. You thought it was you thought it was this one guy who ended up summoning this other guy, and yeah, it was actually the other guy, but he didn't actually summon the other guy. No, the other guy was actually this this asteroid that fell to earth billions of years ago how awesome is that and yes i realize that if you haven't played this game i just spoiled that for you but what the heck is wrong with you the game's been out for the last 30 or not 30 but 20 years maybe 30 years how long has it been out uh, when did chrono trigger come out Chrono Trigger came out in 1995. So yeah, it's been around for 22 years. And you know what? If you are mad about spoilers about a 22-year-old game, too damn bad. It's got the... It's got, like, some of the best freaking music ever. And, oh, man, I love that game so much. One of my deepest regrets is seeing a Super Famicom Chrono Trigger cartridge in Akihabara for 5,000 yen and not buying it. I would buy a Sufami cartridge, even though I don't own a Sufami, to own that game as a cartridge. Man. Just looking at the Wikipedia page, it's so good. And. Ah, it's just so good. <laughs> the music is so good. And then they made such a shitty sequel. I'm sorry, but Chrono Cross is suck. It is suck. Chrono Cross is like the worst ever. That's not true. It's a really good game. It just is not by any means deserving of the word of, of the name Chrono and the attachment to the Chrono Trigger to, to the game that was Chrono Trigger. Like, no! 
No! It's not good enough for that. It's not. It's a fun game. It's pretty. But it had the problem that pretty much every that every Squaresoft game had after Final Fantasy VI. It, it's, it looked like it had been a freshman who had read the Sparks notes of a 600-level philosophy book and then tried to write a dissertation about the concepts con uh, contained therein. And just... Ugh. Yeah... Also, it's a big middle finger to everyone who played Chrono Trigger because guess what? Shayla's still captured and has been merged with the soul of Lavos, who apparently you could not destroy properly, and he is now devouring all of reality. What the fuck? So everything I did in Chrono Trigger, getting all of the endings, is worth Nothing, because you couldn't think of a better way to end Chrono Cross. Having, you know, the world fall apart because of people time traveling would have worked, and you kind of almost went up that angle, but no, here, there at the very end, oh yeah, by the way, there's still a Lavos, and he's got a Shayla stuck on top of him. Fuck that. I played Chrono Cross. I played it twice. Because it's a good game. Um, except for the parts that aren't. The combat is simplistic. And there's way too many fucking characters. But it's pretty. And the music's good. And it's pretty, I guess. It's not actually a good game, is it? As I think about it, it really isn't. It's a very average JRPG. And the problem is comparing it to Chrono Trigger. Or Final Fantasy VI. Or Final Fantasy V, which I didn't even get into, which I also really love. Or Final Fantasy IV, which everyone seems to love and I think is okay. Um... Or, like, some of the more weird esoteric JRPGs that came out, like the Enix game Robotrek. Great game, by the way. Not in my top ten, but I love it. Um, or, uh, just, or even games that came out around the same time. Final Fantasy VII is better than it, and I think Final Fantasy VII is massively overrated. And, like, Legend of Dragoon came out, and Legend of Dragoon's great. But, Chrono Cross. Hey, you know the greatest RPG of all time? Well, here's its shitty sequel. And if you like Chrono Cross, that's fine. I, I don't ever want to be, like, saying that your fun is invalid. No one's fun is invalid. If you like a game that is not good 
more power to you. You like it. That's all that really matters. I know that there are people out there who really like to play really, like, painfully bad games because that is what they enjoy. There's, you know, um... I was almost about to make a really tasteless joke, but I decided against it. Um, just, yeah, um, I think I skipped one. Did I mention number seven? I don't think I mentioned number seven. Yeah, I completely fucking skipped number seven. Um, well, actually, let me double check that. Um, pausing now to check the recording. Okay, so I have checked the recording, and I sort of skipped number seven. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. I actually said that League of Legends was number seven. It was actually supposed to be number six on my list. Number seven was supposed to go to another game that I'm currently playing, actually, a game called Path of Exile. Um, If you're not familiar with Path of Exile, it is a free-to-play Diablo clone uh, made by the people out in New Zealand called Grinding Gear Games. And I'm actually super looking forward to the 3.0 patch. They're going to add uh they're going to add six new acts and completely change the tried and true Diablo formula which is you play the four acts on normal, hard and super hard difficulty instead. Now they just you just play the 10 acts and then you're done and then you're in end game content content uh which is really cool. Um, yeah, cool stuff. Um, it's, and the leveling is, the leveling and the way you build the game, in the game is really cool. Um, that's one of the reasons I like it, because it, it's, it's Diablo, but the leveling is like the sphere grid from Final Fantasy X, and the skills are all materia. Yeah, pretty much, uh... So, leveling system is pretty much all inspired from Final Fantasy X and VII. Uh, which is interesting, because I really hated Materia in Final Fantasy VII. It's one of the reasons I think it's an overrated game. The leveling uh, conceit of it, I just never gelled or clicked with me. I understand why people like it, I just I don't at all. Uh, but I like it in... Uh, I, I really like it in Path of Exile because leveling up your skill gems, your materia, isn't nearly as important. I mean, yes, it's important. Your your skills get better, but you're, you naturally level up your skill gems as you gain experience and as you go through the grind and everything along those lines. But no, what matters in, in, in Path of Exile is the combinations that you use. And what's cool about it is there are a bunch of different classes, but all those classes really dictate for you is where you start on the sphere grid. And also each class um, has uh, three has, has uh, three different choices called ascendancies, uh, which can which are which have little mini sphere grids that are unique to each ascendancy, and those are you know those choices matter. But aside from that, aside from from the you know the the ascendancy mini sphere sphere grids, which aren't even sphere grids, it's just like three lines because you can only get eight points in it. Uh, 
But, uh, man, I wonder how they're going to handle that now with, uh, with 3.0. Hmm. Ah, well. I'm sure that Grinding Gear has something up their sleeves. That's also another instance uh, that I love. I love touting any instance I can of free-to-play model done right. That's uh, another reason I like uh, League of Legends so much. League of Legends, Grinding Gear games, uh, Path of Exile. You can play these games and get every bit of content for free. Uh, you can't get... The, the only thing that you are limited to in uh, Path of... Like, that you can't don't have access to in Path of Exile slash League of Legends is cosmetic choices. Uh, so if you want to make yourself look like a walking suit of heavy armor, uh, you would have to buy a skin for that. And skins aren't cheap, but... Yeah, um, you can still get them. And yes, I realize I I kind of blew my wad on on Chrono Trigger, and now I'm going back to a game that I don't, can't talk about as much. Um, but ugh, god damn, um, it's a good game, and it's one of those games where I actually am fine with actually giving them some money so that they can keep going. Because it's fun, and yeah, I don't need to pay any money to play it, and that's actually one of the reasons I want to play, pay money to play it. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a weird, interesting dichotomy. I've spent, I want to say, like 40 bucks on the game. And I'm not sad, or no, actually it's not 40 bucks. I only spent like 20 actually. But still, fun game. Uh, Path of Exile, check it out. Yeah, so, um, those are my top ten games, and Chrono Trigger is my favorite game, even though it's not the last game I talked about, but that's because I got out of order, and I don't want to f bother um, actually cobbling this mess together into uh, something that's a little more coherent. So yeah, that's, uh, that, that's me talking about video games. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it's about 40 minutes shorter than usual. I hope you don't mind. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and call it here. Um, we've got another top 10 that's going to be coming up here at some point. Uh, which is going to be my board games list. But uh, it's sometime later. And yes, to the people on Patreon who check my posts and say... Wait, I thought you had top 10 adventure games and top 10 RPGs. I d was going to do that uh, initially when I was recording these, but then as I sat down to uh, record the second one, I realized that that was really milking the concept too much, so I deleted it and am just now recording this as my thing. We may revisit video games at some point and, like, go console-specific or something along those lines. Although, if we get to Super Nintendo, then I have to mention Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger again. But still, that's beside the point. Um, yeah. This has been fun. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, we're, we hope to be back to more regular content in another week or two. Um, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out next week, so we're probably going to be talking about that pretty soon, ain't we? 
Whew, summer blockbuster season is upon us, everyone. Batten down your hatches, we're going to be talking about movies for a, lo- uh, for a while now. Until next time, though, I have been Neil Cordray, and this has been Geek Fanthology. You, you, you will hear from us next week. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter U and the number 9. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating on our website, or at Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. Seriously, though, Chrono Cross, humans are spermatozoa trying to impregnate the Earth? What the fuck?